It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader, and we are coming to you live after a White Sox win. Wait, no. Does loss? It, doesn't matter. They lost? Ish. Yeah. There it is. Doesn't... 14 to 2. Oh, wow. I thought they won that game. Good safety by the Bears. Was it the first five runs that they gave up in the first inning? Mm-hmm. Or was it the multiple home runs they gave up to Cal Raleigh? I didn't watch most of the game, so I don't know. <laughs> I was doing a podcast with some other group, and uh, I was like, this game is not important for us to talk about in the post game because we're going to be talking about something more pressing and more interesting to you guys who are viewing and people who are listening on the podcast. Yeah, Vinny Dubra will join us from uh, Guaranteed Rate Field, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, uh, later on after he talks with the White Sox clubhouse. Um, so we're excited to hear what he has to uh, bring to the conversation. But the main part of this talk today is going to be two things that were brought up. Well, one thing that was brought up at the park Um from stemming from the Bob Nightingale report yesterday in USA Today. Um, and then the other thing that we're going to talk about came out from Crane's Chicago Business today uh, about the White Sox potentially discussing, potentially, maybe, potentially, possibly, potentially, maybe discussing a new stadium or maybe even a new location. So, hey, you know, forgive me if the team that's under 20, uh, 27 games under 500 um, and is threatening to move to Nashville uh, if I don't give a shit about game 102. Sounds right. What game is this? I Who think cares? We're, I think we're uh, advanced past 100 games. I think we only have like uh, 40 games left. Sure. Boys, yeah. we might I'll, have I'll a technical that. issue going on here. Why? YouTube is showing that we are not live. But what? I could see in front of you that we are, in fact, live. You are guys, you on YouTube? You I'm me. on YouTube. I'm looking at it. Oh, and we're not live. Hmm. It's not. It's, it's showing up coming. Us. I don't know if they do. We haven't really actually seen new comments, have we? Hi, guys. Comments Hi. if you could see that we're live. Hi, Gabe. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Jay Corona. Hi, R. Law. Are we what here? What would you like to do as the producer, Steven? I would like, you know, Fred did, says he sees us. Did Jerry, okay. did Jerry Reinsdorf preempt us? I think so. I think mm. somehow Scott Reifert and Bob Baffert and... Bob Baffert. The, Bob Baffert's oh, the horse it. trainer. Yeah, I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> Bob Baffert. Um, Why is Bob, Bob Baffert Bechtel? doing this? Stuff? Bob Bechtel. Bob I don't Bechtel. Know. All right, everyone sees us. I I, it's just a weird... Uh, Way to go, Steven. It, oh, it is, showing, it is showing live viewers now. It wasn't Good before. job, Steven. All right. We're back. Give, up a, give a like for Steven. Everyone give a like for Steven. What were you saying? They didn't do Sorry, it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. 
Uh, but it's... Yeah, the game doesn't matter, but I'm just tired. Like, every chance they get, and I don't know what they're doing. Like, th- the reason why this was leaked today, there's a reason behind it. Maybe it's to cover the Bob Nightingale thing where they say that interviews are going over and they might be making changes in the front office. Then you get the conflicting thing today where our Vinny Duber says that they, you know, that they report that they do this every year. And they're just, you know, doing their due diligence. Maybe they're trying to deflect from their under 27, 27 games under 500 ball club who just got smoked 14 to 2 by the Seattle Mariner. And they're just trying to throw something out there so White Sox fans get mad. I thought, like, earlier in the year, I said Jerry Reinsdorf is doing a Rachel Phelps. If you guys remember who Rachel Phelps is, she is the owner of the Cleveland Indians in the movie Major League. He's making this franchise so unlikable, himself, Kenny, and Rick Hahn, and the team on the field where you, as the White Sox fan, who's watching a, team, watching a postgame of a team that sucks badly, you do not watch this postgame anymore because you're apathetic. So he can move into Nashville without any qualms from you. But damn it, this is our team. Our team. Well, I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves when we get to the Nashville thing. Yeah. Uh, let's first explain everything that, that happened. And I think, do you want to start with the USA Today thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with the USA Today thing because, um, again, it's from Bob Nightingale, our guy. We love Bob Nightingale. And their guy, too. And, and their guy, too. Um, and oh, now I can't find the damn report. Um, it's so hard to look for stuff on There it is. Um, no. Yes. Okay. I see all the pop-ups coming on your on your screen too. Yes, USA, USA Today, Today sucks. So terrible. Bob like Nightingale every, writes every article. Then it's an ad. Every article, ad, little little article, ad, article, ad, article, uh, all the way down. Ridiculous. There's a video I can't even close out with Eric Kratz in here too. But uh, Bob Nightingale writes in his around the base pass section. The Chicago White Sox are conducting a series of internal interviews to determine whether dramatic changes are needed inside the front office or the changing st- the coaching staff. This has been one of the most disappointing and painful seasons in Chairman Jerry Reinsdorf's tenure. GM Rick Hahn has one year left on his contract, while manager Pedro Grafol has two years remaining. Uh, and to just go a little bit further onto that, while we're bringing it up, uh, it was apparent that, uh, I don't know how, and we'll get clarity who brought this up, but Vinny tweeted out after weekend report in USA Today, re Sox internal interviews on whether change is necessary. Team informed that those have been happening, but they are not unusual or different from what's happened at the end of other seasons. So while you might be thinking, hey, they're going to be doing something different. They see the, the bad play on the field. Um, seems like it's quid pro quo. I don't know. It's just the... I don't know what oh, the hell no, I'm trying to say. Status quo. Status quo. There you go. Yeah. What the hell is quid pro quo? That means you pay something for a favor. Like, uh, I, I, I don't get into okay. it. Okay. Right. <laughs> I used it wrong. I was about to get real bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought when I read that, I was like, there's there's nothing in there. Like, it's Rick Hahn interviewing himself. Hey, Rick, you want to keep the job? Yeah, I think I'm doing a great job. All right, you're cool. And same thing with Kenny Williams. And so there's not going to be any change. Kenny Jr., how you doing at, at your job? Great. Oh, man, well, I'm doing excellent, man. Let's give you a pay rest. Man, exactly. You should be doing more. But I think that um, they're all coming back. You would hear serious whispers if Rick Hahn was getting fired or Kenny Williams was getting fired. 
There's none of that stuff happening. Mm-hmm. This team should they should have got fired years ago, especially after last year. But you think that being under 27 games, 27 games under 500 will have some movement for 87-year-old Jerry Reinsdorf? You think he wants to start over? He'll let one of them go. Like, he'll let Kenny fire Rick Hahn or maybe reshuffle Rick Hahn to some other place in the organization and give him a John Paxson-like cushy-ass job where he's like GM emeritus. But he's not getting fired and out on the street destitute. That's not Jerry's style. And so he'll let Kenny stay on, and then he'll probably have Kenny's like, Kenny, who you want as a manager, as a general manager? Kenny's like, well, you know, my son has been doing this, that, and the other. And Chris Getz yeah, did a Chris, great job. Chris Getz, <laughs> I mean, he went to Michigan, and Rick liked him. <laughs> um, and then you will have the same damn team. There will be nothing changing at all. The atmosphere will still be terrible. Pedro will come his punk ass back. I I don't shouldn't call him punk ass. I, I call him a punk ass. I'm cares? sorry, Pedro. I shouldn't call you a punk ass. I I don't have anything personally against you. So let me retract that. Pedro will come back next year and be mediocre as ever. And then we'll have the same problems next year. We'll be doing this show and we're like, man, the White Sox really are terrible. Man, but that Lenny Sosa, that one home run he hit, now he's got five on the year. Man. Maybe man that Luis Robert Jr. Oh, man. You he's see, still making plays in a Did you see that play games. that Elvis Andres made? Yes, Elvis Andres came back for another year. That's amazing. Man, Je- Tuki Toussaint and, uh, and uh, Jesse Schultz in our rotation. Golly. 17 combined losses in the month of, in the month of May. Wow. We're already here? Wow. That sucks. You're really putting on the bitterness. Oh, I mean, what else? You've learned from the best. Huh? Exactly. I'm sitting next to you. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to see it. There's nothing going to change. I wish there was. It, I would be something I would look forward to. As I told the people on Daily White Sox, <laughs> I would definitely love for Rick Hahn to get fired. Not because the person needs to get fired and not because I want him to be destitute and he, cause he's got a family and all. I don't want the person to lose a job, but accountability needs to be taking place somewhere in this organization. So when Rick Hahn does get fired, eventually, maybe, I'll be like, yes, awesome. That's perfect thing for the White Sox to do. But I know that you'll be hiring an inexperienced person in his stead. So it'll be Jeremy Haber or Chris Getz or Kenny Williams Jr. or somebody else that is not ready for the job. And Kenny Williams will be taking over the reins again, and he'll be getting you football players that play in baseball. It'll be Josh Fields in third base, and you'll have Joe Borchin and Wright and Keenan, whatever his name, and what is that, Mitchell will be playing center field. Jared Mitchell. Jared Mitchell will be playing center field, and we'll be doing the same thing we'll do this year just without – the smooth lawyer talk of Rick Khan. Now Kenny will t- come out and tell us the truth, and that's why he's pretty much uh, silenced by the White Sox right now. Um, and real quick, just a shout-out, uh, a super chat. Um, let's give uh, a goose honk and an air horn to our guy, Danny Dumbshit. Uh, $2 super chat. Thank you, Danny Dumbshit. Um, there's a lot of people chat uh, commenting stuff that, that we're going to get to in a second, um, just along with this. Um, but I have nothing really add, to add to this. I mean, it's all about how the owner operates and how the owner operates is very clear he's been operating this way since he owned the team in 1981 um and i know fred brings up the cigar aficionado uh article i'm gonna get to some more quotes later uh but this was brought up by jim margulis and then i ended up reading it but um the cigar 
aficionado story, and this is just Jim's writing on Twitter, uh, remains one of the most enlightening stories ever written about Reinsdorf, including the line I always refer to about a spending, quote, he was still driven by the dream to create a World Series winner in a business climate that made sense to him, end quote. And this was before the actual World Series in 2005. The article, I believe, came out in 1995. Um, So, you know, 10 years later, he did end up winning a World Series. But we haven't seen that model change. We still haven't seen them go out and spend big on a pitcher. I guess they tried with Zach Wheeler, but Zach Wheeler isn't a sock, so they failed. They tried and they failed. Same with Manny Machado. They tried and they failed. They have not been able to go out and get one of these big fish, and they have not been able to sign one of their own players or any player to a contract that exceeds $100 million per year. Only teams like the Royals, A's, and White Sox are in that group. Um, So we really haven't seen his MO change. And that's why Kenny Williams is still running the ship. This is still why Rick Hahn's running the ship. This is why Rick Hahn's going to interview himself in the mirror and be like, hey, what are you going to do better this year? And he's going to spew a ton of bullshit about winning the fans' trust, and it's going to fail, um, right? And yeah. hopefully Luis Robert has a five war because Elvis Andrews has, doesn't even have a one war. I did. I was off yesterday, um, and Patrick Nolan shared this on Twitter. Just to sidetrack a little bit, Yeah, we brought up Luis Robert Jr., that crazy catch in a 14-2 game. Uh, this is batting war. Can you go top five for batting war on the White Sox? Luis Robert Jr. is number one. Correct. 4.9 F4. Uh, I would assume a person who's not on the team is there. So Jake Berger. Jake Berger, 1.4 F4. Uh, since you brought him up, I'll take, pick up the context clues and say Elvis Andres. Elvis Andres is third. 0.9 war. Uh, Aloy Jimenez. Aloy Jimenez is 4.5 war. And he's tied with? Zach Remillard. Zach Remillard oh, at point five. Yes. Per, yes. Five for five. So, Finally, I got one of these right. The largest free agent franchise contract uh, in team history, Andrew Benatendi, a point four war, uh, 91 rated runs created plus. Andrew Vaughn, uh, the bat's been above league average when you uh, say weighted runs created plus of 100. Uh, he's currently at 105. Uh, but again, for a first baseman, he doesn't play good enough defense and doesn't hit well enough to actually be a player that's uh, worth a damn uh, at point three F war. And then eighth is uh, our guy, Sebi Zavala. So... Tim, Tim and uh, Yohan are negative, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. Tim and Yohan are negative. Uh, not not good friends. Um, so just to see the way that Jerry has gone about his business and to see what it has culminated to, again, I think in the past 10 years, they've had four of their worst series or four of their worst seasons in franchise history. I mean, this franchise has been around for 123 years. Four of their last four of their worst series have come in the last 10 years. Like, I mean, Rick Hahn spewed that mired in mediocrity shit, and he still has a job. And I understand that you bring up, like, oh, you know, obviously there is a person. But, like, people get fired. Yeah. The, the whole saying in radio and media is you don't make it until you're fired. Yep. Right? So I'm sorry. Rick Hahn, who has had a job for 20 years, probably has had a, a, a you know, a, a paycheck, a pretty consistent paycheck over those years, probably saved up a decent amount of money, is a lawyer. I think as a educated white man, he'll be fine in America. Okay? So fucking fire him. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, what the fuck are we doing? This is just ridiculous. Like, who is conducting these interviews? Who is actually trying to improve this team? And who is actually going to give a damn? Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't give a damn. Nope. His, as we're going to get to, his sights are on something bigger. 
And we've brought this up before this report. I'm not surprised by this report. This report makes a lot of goddamn sense. And honestly, you just got to see through the bullshit. Because this is the same crap he pulled back in the 80s when he almost moved him to Tampa. And that's how he got the Tampa Bay Rays. Congratulations. All right. Um, there's probably going to be another expansion team when a, a team in Nashville pops up, whether it's the Brewers, the White Sox, or an actual expansion team. But um, it is clear that teams are using Nashville as, an, as, as some leverage. So let's get into uh, that report after the break and make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button again that's herb lawrence you can follow him uh, on x at ecknerwall 23 and you can follow the show at chgo underscore white Sox. i am sean anderson you can follow me at sean underscore w underscore anderson and make sure you hit that thumbs up button we appreciate it everyone uh want to let you know about our friends over at lewis university do you have bed check charlie ready steven Ugh. yeah i can have that for you okay good because again you thought we weren't live Bed Check Charlie was checking the live stream to make sure that we were up and live. Students at Lewis University Scaring are just us. like you. Ah. <laughs> full-time jobs, Oof. they have families, and full-time sports fam- fa- fandoms. You can go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. It's ranked as one of U.S. News and World, Ports Re- uh, New- US News and World Report's top-tier colleges, and Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right programs for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. One of those is the Criminal Justice and Public Safety uh, course. Uh, That's a grad program, and first responders receive 20% off tuition discounts, and tuition is deferred for six weeks after the end of each class. So, again, they are partnering with um, many different... uh, Oh, now I... Many different employers for tuition discounts, uh, and and first responders are one of those. They also have adult undergrad uh, programs like computer science, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, and technology programs. So discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world. Learn more at LewisU, the letter U, LewisU, the letter U, dot edu slash you can do this. LewisU.edu slash you can do this. Thank you to Lewis University. And bed, check Char- and bed Check Charlie as well. No. no, uh, Not Bed Check Charlie. God bless him. He's scary. Um, also want to let you know about our friends at Game Time. If you don't want to support our friends over at 35th and Shields, don't want to give them their money, why not go through Game Time? Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. You shouldn't have to be worrying about giving the bad man money. Uh, Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Maybe you want to skip the socks all in general. Maybe you want to be like Vinny and go check out a, 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 a show at the Salt Shed. Um, Game Time has your ability to get into the best events happening in Chicago. And they offer the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And with, um, as Herb found out in Atlanta, um, you get that in like under 12 minutes. So Correct. it's a, a speedy Game Time Guarantee. Snag the tickets without the stress of Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, before we get into the uh, Cranes report then, uh, I did hear the little ding of Vinny Duber. So let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field to our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Hi, Vinny. Hello there, or should I say howdy? Uh, you can follow him at Vinny Duber. Uh, let's chat about this game quickly. I don't know how much there is to get into this. Um, the Luis Robert catch was spectacular, but did anything else stick out from the 14-2 to loss? 
We gave up 14 runs. That wasn't very good, was it? No. Uh, they they didn't score many runs, so that wasn't very good. Uh, so yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't really play very well at all, and you could tell Pedro Grifol was not very happy after the game, um, basically saying, "Hey, they never made an adjustment to Luis Castillo. They kind of let him do whatever he wanted out there." Uh, the talk afterwards was that he threw forty something fastballs in a row, and they didn't really do anything with that. Um, so, you know, not a really good uh, day for the chess match. Uh, you know, Tuki Toussaint was off. He was walking guys. He's done it before. Uh, he did it again. Walking guys, giving up home runs. That seems to be the, uh, the story for a lot of the White Sox pitchers this year. You know, we keep talking about what that rotation is going to look like next year. If this is an audition time for guys like Tuki Toussaint and Jesse Schultons, uh, if this is audition time, then that was a really poor job of auditioning by Tuki Toussaint. And uh, listen, it might not prevent him from being one of those five guys next year, but uh, it should tell the White Sox that, uh, you know, relying on someone like that for 30 starts might not be the way to go. And was there any talk of quit? Because this is the third out of four games where the White Sox have given up double-digit runs to teams. The Rockies scored 14 and 11 over the weekend, and now we get 14 here from the Seattle Mariners. Any Pedro's thinking that the team might have quit on him. I don't think so. I don't think they say that or think that way, even if it kind of looks like it from afar. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. But I mean, hey, listen, they 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 got steamrolled tonight, and uh, you got a team in the Mariners that is fighting for something. They're they're in playoff position. They're trying to fight for uh, uh, a better spot in the playoffs. You know, they got to come in here and they got to win. They got to win every game from here on out. The White Sox are. You know, for lack of a better term, they're playing out the string here. Uh, you know, obviously, we've talked about over and over again the, the things that they can accomplish, uh, you know, over the, these last uh, six weeks or so. Um, but making the playoffs is not one of them. And so when you've got a team fighting for something real versus a team that isn't, nights like this are probably going to happen. Absolutely. Um, and we did see, again, with all of these nights continuingly happening, uh, we mentioned the weekend report in USA Today from Bob Nightingale about the White Sox conducting, conducting a series of inter, internal interviews to determine whether drastic, dramatic changes are needed inside the front office or the coaching staff. Uh, what was the what, what, what info did you guys get? Was that just from Sox media relations on the interviews or nothing that is, you know, out of the ordinary? Yeah, a, a team spokesperson went ahead and gave us that that line from uh, uh, that, that I tweeted out bef- before the game started. That yes, those meetings are happening, but it, they happen all the time at the end of a season, and you know, especially when the results are not as good as they have been. There, you talk about what kind of changes or what weather changes are needed. So, um, to me, that was that was the thing of the day that was not surprising. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest; I kind of agreed with that. Like, I didn't read that Bob Nightingale report as terribly earth shattering. It just played into the narrative of what a lot of Sox fans are wanting to see, which is those dramatic changes. Um, but when you read it internal interviews about whether they need to change or not that to me sounds like a performance review that anybody watching has at their job right so i mean even even the language that was used in the nightingale report didn't strike me as something that was was needed to be you know freaked out about um i thought it was a little overblown the reaction to it um but listen there's a reality happening here that they need to have those discussions because they 
have face planted here this year. This has been a disaster. Um, so if they're not having discussions about whether things need to change and change in a dramatic or drastic or big way, well, then they wouldn't be doing what they're supposed to be doing so that they're having those conversations uh, might not be irregular in any way, but it sure is necessary. That's for sure. I don't know what's there to discuss. They were 81 and 81 last year. They're 27 games worse than that. Last year was disappointing. This year is worse. There's no discussions. It's a decision. You guys are not coming back. You, Kenny Williams, you, Rick Hahn, not coming back. You created this, and it's a failure. But, of course, I live in reality. I know the White Sox don't work like that. They like to work in a terrible way. Herb, I would just just remember, too, that it wasn't specified that the only people he's talking to are the two people that you want to see gone. You know what I mean? Like there, this, I'm just saying there's an entire organization here and that you would listen to the people who currently work for you before, you know, before formulating your final opinion on where things went wrong, how things went wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's maybe less of a, what do I need to do? But, but very specifically, what do we need to do in each of these, you know, litany of areas to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And you can't do that until you take a, an inventory of, of what you've gotten, what, what was done to make this get to this point. So again, I'm not, I, I don't, I think that this was a little overblown. I think this can all very well end the way you're hoping that it ends or, or it might not because that's what history tells us. Right. So, um, but the way that they're doing it right now in, in the idea of just talking to people about trying to figure out what to do, that's what you do. So I, I don't think that's necessarily something to, to waste a lot of time on personally. Well, my, the thing that I'm most interested in is who's conducting the interviews, right? Is it, I mean, that, that, that's the biggest thing with me because again, I think this entire organization needs to look in the mirror and look at how it operates. And I mean, top to bottom, I think that they can influx more money into the baseball operation system, uh, into the baseball operations department. Um, you know, I, I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is the big part that holds this organization back uh, again from either being too loyal or not giving them enough opportunity to succeed that's just my opinion I mean you look at where Pedro Grafal came from in Kansas City and they have 80 plus people in their baseball uh, operations department and there was a recent report I think back in June or July saying that Jerry Reinsdorf was going to push for like not legislation but that's the best word that I know uh, to use for it to limit the size of baseball operations departments um, to again limit the spending that goes on in baseball the only person to vote against Steve Cohen becoming an owner in Major League Baseball was Jerry Reinsdorf. Like, this guy signed Albert Bell to the largest contract in uh, Major League Baseball history after the lockout ended, and we stopped seeing that money. So, again, it's the organization needs to look itself in the mirror. If they didn't have Michael Jordan, if Jerry Reinsdorf didn't have Michael Jordan, wh- what is Jerry Reinsdorf as an owner? I mean, he got very lucky in 2005 when the team literally was near perfect in the postseason. Not complaining. It's no. fun as hell to watch. But... I, I just wonder who is conducting those interviews and what do those conversations actually look like? Because if they're the same conversations they had last year, it's going to be the same talking lines and talking points that they gave to us this year. And it seems like it's the same thing. Like we want to be con- a viable contender in 2024, but we're not sure fans. how we're going to get there yet. Or there's a lot of well, uh, obstacles to get there. Sure. I mean, listen, Sean, I'm not going to disagree with anything you said, but at the end of the day, he owns the team and he can decide to do with it whatever he wants, which is, I'm hoping, a very nice segue to what you want to talk about next. Thank you. Uh, Before you go, 
I think 2005, <laughs> even though it's my favorite day of all time, October 26, 2005. Wow. Herb, I, I set up the perfect segue, and now you're backpedaling. I'm, I'm sorry, but I had to get this out when he said it. I think it was also the worst thing that ever happened to the White Sox fans. Oh, jeez. It um, is. Well, let's see if we can work that in here. Um, That's a hot take. That's a hot take, Herb. Hey, I mean those Cubs fans went like 108 years. I'll take I'll take one. Oh, he's chasing he's chasing that same feeling. 88 with the years same long. with the same type of mentality in 2005 that he's using in 2023 now. All right, Vinny, do you want to re- restate your segue now? No, no, it's been stepped on. It's been ruined. <laughs> All right, so this report was from uh, Crane's Chicago Business. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf looks for a new stadium or location. Um, No decision has been made or is imminent, but chatter is Jerry could sell the Sox and keep the Bulls. Gossip mentions that there could be a move to Nashville for the White Sox. Um, And there was a quote from Scott Reifert saying, we have not had any convos about the lease, but with six years left, hearing a time where discussions are, are, are we're nearing a time where discussions should begin to take place. So Cranes and Greg Hines of Cranes Chicago Business reporting that the White Sox are soon to be exploring their next option for a stadium. I don't think any of this is entirely shocking with the talks of in the offseason about fans uh, wanting Jerry to push for selling the team. I just looked at like, hey, when is the stadium coming up, right? We've heard talks that he might look to start his own TV network, right? Like there are certain moves, and I think there was even a report from Cranes last year saying that he was looking to buy more shares up. Um, It seems like him angling towards a sale is in his future. So where do you take this Cranes report? Are you thinking, oh, no, the Sox might move to Nashville? Is this something that you have expected is this blindsided you how did it, how did you take this report as you read earlier i think jerry's using nashville and putting the word out for nashville as leverage he knows and we know that firstly you're not going to move a flagship american league team to nashville they're not moving period chicago's not moving secondly why would you move from a metropolis of over 9 million people to a metropolis of a 1.5 million. That's just dumb business sense. That's just dumb. Like, you could do the Milwaukee thing because they're about equal, where Milwaukee's about 1.5, and same thing with Nashville and their population around the city. But even if you do a crude breakdown of Cubs and Sox fans in this area, and you give the Cubs 70% of the, the market share, and you give the White Sox only 30%, that's still way more than you would get in 100% of Nashville. So he's not that dumb. Jerry's not that dumb to move to a smaller market. And then I think, yes, you should move, and he should do the reason or the, the stadium that I think he should move into. The Bears are moving to Arlington, Arlington Heights eventually, right? So that means that $500 million that the city still owes on Soldier Field is still there. So... It would be behoove Jerry Reinsdorf and the city of Chicago to move to Soldier Field and be a perfect fit for both teams. When the Bears move, and if it's within the next five years, you can retrofit Soldier Field to a baseball stadium. And if you want to, as a city, just say, hey, White Sox, this is your building. You pay for the, the renovations, all the renovations. We're not giving you nam dime." because we still got to pay for this damn stadium. We'll probably hook up some infrastructure around the building, as the city of Chicago should do. But never, ever, 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 ever 
should taxpayers pay for a new stadium or a stadium refurbishing like they've done with the guaranteed rate and like they would will, will have done with Soldier Field. So if you're a taxpayer in Chicago or Arlington Heights or any city, never let these business owners, these sports business owners, fool you into paying for their stadium. And when Jerry definitely says he's going to move to Nashville and he tries that shit on us again, tell him to go. Call his bluff. Say, peace, dude. I'll become a Cub fan. Brewers are still here. Peace. Get your ass out of here. I guarantee his ass ain't moving. Because he can count. We all can count. He knows Nashville ain't the place. And he knows that MLB will not allow him to move this Chicago team to garbage-ass Nashville. I'm sorry if you're watching from Nashville, but your city's garbage. Um, we got a real city up here. So, move into Soldier Field. Retrofit the, the building. I think it works for everybody who's involved. And let Jerry pay for his own damn stadium there. Because there's not really a viable option anywhere else in the Chicago area where it actually makes sense for the White Sox to move from where they're at to uh, another place. Except for my thought would be Soldier Field. Arlington Heights with the Bears doesn't make sense to me at all. Vinny, any thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Um uh, any, any but I could direct you in and any thoughts that you could build off Herb or um, at least, I mean, this is, this is something I'm, that again, isn't going to be pressing until no. the deadline of 2029. Here's, here's the thing. Here's what I'll say again. I'm trying to be the reporter. I'm, you know, I've made my thoughts known on the bears just moving to Arlington Heights, which, uh, which is uh, probably similar to my thoughts here, but they look at the history. Look at the history of pro sports teams. You don't even have to look back too far in the history book because it just happened this year. The Oakland Athletics moved Herb from a gigantic media market, or they're about to move, from a gigantic media market to a tiny one, to one that will be one of the smallest from a population standpoint in all of pro sports um, or in the four major sports in in North America. Uh, That is because the state of Nevada said, sure, we'll build you a stadium. the there is someone out there who will pay for it i don't you know but but i don't see it being the city of chicago i don't see the city of chicago ponying up any money the way that the the current feelings about this are because i think that your opinion is shared by a lot of people now and people are going to go what we're not paying for that no absolutely not um but there are some places that are uh have different minds on these things politically that will probably do that. We just saw the state of Nevada do it with the Oakland A's. That's a team that has a lot of history in a big media market. And they said, bye, because someone built them a shiny new house. Um, So don't underestimate that. That's Philadelphia A's, Kansas City A's, Oakland A's. They've only been the Chicago White Sox. No, I'm not disagreeing. And that's a flagship. That's a flagship American League team. I know what you're saying, but that's those are apples to oranges. The White Sox are the White Sox in Chicago. They haven't moved ever. They're the apples. The apples to apples, Herb, is the is the dollar bill. That's what it is. Because you got to remember, losing a lot of money. Chicago, Chicago. So, but they might not have to pay for a new stadium. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but that's penny wise and pound foolish. Okay. Meaning that they're going for the free stadium. But they have a smaller pool of people to pull from, and most of those people are already St. Louis Cardinals fans because the Memphis Redbirds play right there. So, and so there's not a lot of people that are going to be traveling to Nashville to see Nashville White Sox games. But I'm not even talking about Nashville. That's far away, whatever. I'm talking about Bolingbrook. I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about places. There are places 
that will do this to promote business in their area. And it might just be a, a ride down the expressway, but it, it, there are people that might do it. You got the bears being, you know, shopped around, being toured around by Naperville. Oh boy, oh, the, maybe the bears will come to Naperville. Cool. But I guess the point is that this is this strikes me as what countless pro sports teams have done in the past, which is trying to get money from from the from the local governments. The Cubs, the the Ricketts family bought the Cubs and tried to get the city of Chicago to pay for the renovations to Wrigley Field. And Rahm Emanuel said, "Hell no!" And so they had. And so guess what? Did they move to Rosemont? No, they just redid sold Wrigley Field themselves, and they got exactly what they wanted. They got their little kingdom over there in Wrigleyville. It's 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 I it's it's just look at the history. That's what that's what I will say. And as Crane reports, the Ricketts bought them for eight hundred and forty-five million, and right now they're valued for four point one billion. Um, and we're gonna get into a story about that soon. Um, there's a lot that I have to get into, so let's just take a break first, um, and then we'll get back into this discussion. I want to let you know, though, about Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather that is still ahead of you in August and September with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it's told us it will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays to confidence because they are back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Again, there's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Herb, do you love Sunnyside? I do. Mercy. Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and in-store pickup make them fantastic, and they have a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, which means you'll get rewarded when you buy. Uh, Illinois also has uh, a favorite, uh, Illinois' favorite dispensary is Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Herb's favorite is in Wrigleyville. Mine is in Elmwood Park. Make sure you check out all of their houses of brands uh, as well with Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Floracal, Wonder, and Remedy. Through August, right now, a few days left, 10 days left, probably nine because yeah. Sunnyside is probably closed now at 1045. Head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions. It's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. We got a ton of people watching still. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. We really do appreciate everyone sticking with the strong, even on a 14 to two loss for a team that's 27 games under 500. Um, finally, we want to let you know about Philco. They donated that fantastic uh, South South uh, Southpaw bobblehead to our set for our decoration. There's also a TUA one I think behind me. But uh, go check out FOCO. Show them some love. They have a ton that you could check out on their website, F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags. They got everything you need for a game, everything in between. They got, uh, what, checkered overalls for the Bears. I mean, they got you covered. So 
head to foco.com or click the link in the description below for online preset. I'm just a promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right. Our Tim bobblehead is on suspension too. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we'll we'll keep him off and uh, away from the team. He's tomorrow? After tomorrow's game. Okay. All right. So, so Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, my thoughts to jump back into this Nashville discussion. Um, we've seen this before. Uh, in 1988, Jerry Reinsdorf threatened to move the team to St. Petersburg. And later on in Cigar Aficionado, we already brought up earlier the quote about building a World Series team his way. Um, but he told quote, uh, Cigar Aficionado back in 1985, quote, a savvy negotiator creates leverage. People had to think we are going to leave Chicago. Um, I think this is where all this Nashville stuff comes up from. And when Jerry brings up Nashville or when this article brings up Nashville, I just am, a lot of pauses brought to me because recently there's been a lot of articles and media put out by Dave Stewart, former Oakland A great, on how he wants to start an expansion team in Nashville. He's been vocal on his vision to have an expansion team by opening day of 2026-2027. It's named after a Negro League team, the Nashville Stars. He's already in Nashville. He's got an office. He's trying to get this privately funded. So I don't understand why Nashville would look to Milwaukee or Chicago, and we'll get to those two teams, when Dave Stewart is pushing for an expansion team. It seems like MLB would like to expand. They're at 30 teams. You could see them go to 32 like the NFL's at. I, I don't understand where the White Sox would fit into Nashville. And they're currently rebuilding the Titans Stadium. So they need to wait, like Dave Stewart knows, until 2026, 2027. I think that there is plans to have Nashville baseball sooner than when Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox be ready. So I don't understand this bluff because it doesn't seem like it's feasible. I mean, like, I, I don't think that... Milwaukee and Chicago will all want to move to Nashville and Dave Stewart. Like there's not enough room for you. Like let's not let's not pretend it's binary though, Sean. The 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 the, the report did not say they're either going to stay in, at Guaranteed Rate Field or they're going to move the team to Nashville. You know what I mean? They, this is a this is a mulling many options kind of thing. They the report is indicating that they would like or are considering liking a new stadium, right? It doesn't mean it has to be in Nashville and that's the only place they'll accept a new stadium. This could be here somewhere else in the city. There was a mention in the, uh, in the report there that, uh, that there's already somebody preparing a bid here in, here in the city within the city limits. It could be in the suburbs like we're seeing with the bears right now. It, It really seems like, um, you know, you hate to use this term, keep all options on the table for when you're talking about something as serious as where the team is going to play um, and what city the team is going to play in. But there was a lot mentioned in that report that is in this city and in this area. Let's not make it all about one thing. The The headline here to me is they are thinking about wanting a new stadium, not you know, let's pick out the thing where they're threatening to move the team. But you're very correct in bringing up that he has done this before, that this team has done this before. Um, and, you know, that should be something that is front and center in, in if we are going to zero in on this one part of this this story. No, and, and I think before you joined, too, we brought up that, you know, we this report really didn't shock us. Um, and I was just more trying to cross off the list. Like, I mean, the, the, the them mentioning in the Cranes report the, the site of Nashville, I just... It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So it, I think Zero we could sense. narrow it down to either Illinois is going to give them money for a new stadium or they're not. And, and that really seems like what this is for. It seems like, uh, personally, 
This is for Jerry Reinsdorf to angle to a potential buyer. Hey, we have a brand new stadium. You'll be able to own this stadium. It'll be Illinois funded. Like you don't have to be under the ISFA. What what's currently runs Illinois Sports Authority? Yeah, uh, that currently runs Guaranteed Rate Field. Like it's very clear that most sports owners are pushing for a stadium that they own and can create revenue off of. Um, And off that point too, like Milwaukee. American Family uh, Insurance Stadium needs repairs and improvements. Uh, a Brewer study said renovations would cost about $428 million. The Milwaukee County Board said unanimously that they did not want to give county tax money going to the project. Smart. Um, this was from State Rep Ryan Clancy. Back in 2001, when the public built AmFam, the Brewers were worth $200 million. They're worth about $1.6 billion right now. I'd like to see the Brewers reinvest that massive increase into stadium and community. Like I, I just think that Illinois needs to take a same same stance with Jerry just because, again, we, we've seen him get money before. We've yeah. seen Illinois crumble because of the threat of them possibly moving to Tampa. Like, if we're looking at this entire thing, I don't think Nashville is likely. I don't think them relocating is likely. And it really just comes down to if Illinois is going to crumble or not to give them money. And I, I think that's why you're thinking, oh, Soldier Field, because they already have money invested yeah. and it would just be open lakefront property. Yeah, and I think that we as Illinoisans need to do what the Californians do. When they have a stadium operation, you have to take that to the local municipality to vote on it. That's why the L.A. Chargers are the L.A. Chargers now instead of the San Diego Chargers because when I was there in 2016, we voted either to keep the keep this Chargers here, well, not really keep them here. It was to raise the uh, hotel tax to a certain point, and all they needed was 51%. Usually it was a two-thirds vote. All they needed for uh, San Diego was two, uh, 51%. They didn't even get there. So we need to adopt that. If you're going to ask us taxpayers to pay money for your stadium, we need to vote on it. I'm always a solid no. You, as you just pointed out, the Brewers are making money hand over fist. They can fund their own damn stadium in Milwaukee and fix up AmFam Field that they want to. Same thing with Jerry Reinsdorf. Bought this team for $19 million back in the day. Team's worth over $4 billion right now. So, or would be if it was on the market. So, he needs to fund his own stadium, whether it be Soldier Field, whether it be Bolingbrook, Arlington Heights, Elk Grove Village, any of these municipalities. He needs to fund it. Now, if you want infrastructure, us as taxpayers will like that because we're going to be using those roads. We're going to be using those trains so we can still get back from the infrastructure. But for the stadium, that's your thing. We can't just go on the stadium on a Tuesday afternoon, just kick it. It's like, hey, this is my taxpayer dollars. No, they'll kick your ass out. It's like, no, that's actually our stadium. It's like, I paid for it, though. No. So if it's your stadium and I can't go on on a random Tuesday, you pay for it your damn self, jerk. If I see him tomorrow, I'll say the same. No, I, I hope you do. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I have a ton more to add about this. I, I guess I do want to add just something from Milwaukee. Um, this always stuck out to me during the COVID year when we're producing sports radio and uh, uh, any owner says they lose money. Um, this is the Brewers owner. And, and again, we talk about the way that they've Im- exploded value-wise since 2001 when their f- stadium was built. Uh, they're worth $200 million now. They're $200 million now they're worth about $1.6 billion. Forbes estimates the Sox to be around $2 billion uh, uh, value-wise. Um, this is Mark Anastasio, uh, I believe the 
principal owner of the uh, the Brewers here, talking about uh, what the Brewers uh, made in 2019 and, and during the pandemic. Last year. Yeah, we had an operating loss last year, and uh, you know if you're going to run a baseball team properly, you, the, the season snapshots you really have to look on on a rolling basis how you're doing. We had some uh, years as we were building, and we always want to you know keep our powder dry somewhat for the next opportunity, whether it it comes at next season or next off season. Franchises get into trouble. Uh, when they overspend and, and end up with a mountain of debt and, and then you go into a long period of rebuild. We have had, you know, in 15 seasons, this is in the media guide, I didn't commission this statistic. The team is uh, fifth, in National League, fifth in the National League in wins over our 15 seasons. And I put our group, give our whole ownership group credit for that because they've been supportive of everything we've done. You know, five top five gets you in the playoffs. I, we weren't in the playoffs every year, but that's what we're trying to do. And so we don't want to dig dig a hole for ourselves. And you know, there, there's nobody we missed this off season uh, because of price that was on our on our list. You know, we did want to sign Yasmina Grandal, so maybe 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 one. Maybe it stuck out because it was around the Grandall thing, and you might be asking, like, why is that important? But the the Brewers and any owner saying that they lost money, I just always find to be hilarious because, again, you see the the increase of their valuation goes from two hundred million to one point six billion. But what's the entire context? Well, before Mark Anastasio said that, they added like a sixty million dollar spring training facility. So of course they operated at a loss because they spent money on this spring training facility that cost sixty million dollars outside of their normal budget. So like. A lot of these owners are going to try to make as much leverage as possible to get as much state money as possible. And especially with Jerry angling for a potential sale, in my opinion, um, I, I do think that this makes a lot of sense that the White Sox would be pushing this out, um, especially even though or even though there's six years left until their lease ends. Because, again, you have to put it on their minds and, and you have to you put it out in the ether. And again, this is how you create leverage. It doesn't seem like a threat now, but hey, you get closer and closer and closer and a deal's not done. Then people start to get sweaty, sweatier and sweatier and nervous and more nervous. And two, I find it funny because since 2001, the Brewers have had 18 seasons of two-plus million in attendance. The White Sox and their franchise have had 14 seasons of two-plus uh, two million in attendance. So, um, again, when a team says they are operating at a loss, um, the Brewers, I think, are liars. Um, and, you know, when they have all yeah. this money that they have to invest into a, a, a new stadium or, or all these, uh, you know, upgrades to fix their, their stadium – I don't. I'm not surprised that Milwaukee's telling them to shove it. Whenever an owner tells me that they're operating at a loss, I say shut up and open the books. You're not cool. You're not operating at a loss. Shut up. Unless you're going to open the books and show me where you're where the net, where the Reds at. I don't. I don't need you to talk about it because you're always going to be operating at a loss. Biblical losses the other year from Cubs people, and then the Cardinal guy saying, "Well, it's not that profitable to have a baseball team." Shut up. Then why you own a team? You you bought it, jerks. No one put a gun to your head and said, "Buy this team, buy this stadium, get out of here." Yeah, and it's not like you're. It's not like you bought the stadium, or it's not like you bought the team, and then like that was all your money. I have to live in a in a shack now, right. like. I'm guessing you have money for for groceries and stuff. So like you know, <laughs> only ramen that's, noodles. That's that's obviously hyperbole. They have money for a lot of groceries. 
<laughs> a lot of groceries. Yes. Uh, yeah. They, they the, get yeah. But yeah, listen, at the end of the day, I think the main takeaway is this is six years away. Um, to put this in the context right now of, of what importance it has right now, I think it's, hey, look, another thing that we're talking about, an embarrassing thing off the field for the White Sox to be talking about. The team is 27 games under 500 right now, and the headline today that people are latching on to at least is that they want to move to Nashville. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a – no, no, no. I'm not saying people are wrong. I'm saying that's terrible for the White Sox. You know what happened – uh, yesterday, someone reported that the White Sox are talking about whether they need changes or not. You know what happened uh, two weeks ago? It was uh, Keenan Middleton telling everybody how the clubhouse culture was so bad. You know what happened two days before that? Tim Anderson got punched in the face on TV. I mean, this is this is what this month has been. We're we're our focus is anywhere but the field. And listen, the product on the field is what took it away from the field because my God, they lost fourteen to two tonight. Like they're twenty seven games under five hundred. They are a bad baseball team that turned in a horrible, horrible season when they were supposed to be a championship contending team, or at least could have been a championship contending team. So I understand why anybody's looking for anything to pay attention to besides what they see on the field right now. But boy, they're making it easy by this being an entire August full of nothing but headlines of, and negative headlines, I might add, of things that are going on off the field. So this is um, more, I mean, listen, they wanted this season to be remembered for a chase for a championship, for people to go, oh, remember that game-winning home run in June? Remember that uh, big comeback in August? Remember uh, when they edged the team for the division title at the end of September and then they went on to win a playoff series? That's what they wanted the memories of this season to be. And instead, it's going to be all that stuff I just listed, plus all the horrible play that led to a record that nobody could have seen coming. Absolutely. Anything you want to add? No. I agree. I mean, I, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Anthony's saying, you're the best, Vinny, and I agree. Um, yeah, I, I there, there's nothing that I, I could really add on about today and, and this game. It's just more of deciphering what, the future of the Sox could be and we're trying to do that I guess from every single angle from the front office to the coaching staff to the starting rotation in 2024 to where they're going to play in 2029 so uh we'll have you covered I was supposed I was supposed to write about Lenin Sosa today guys and instead I had to deal with all of this stuff is there anything you want to add to the Lenin Sosa conversation when we have you here though if you if you, if you are thinking about writing about Lenin I know there was a a quote from Pedro uh, earlier today about his possible playing time yeah, I mean, it's not that was more of a joke, but yeah, the uh, I mean, yeah, he was talked about today. He's a he's only been here for four days, but they like what they see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he had the home run yesterday, so um, he Pedro knows that it's important to get him playing time, you know, that it's important for um, you know, him to develop and show them what it is. The big thing that Pedro keeps harping on is he doesn't trust the evaluate any evaluation that happens during spring training. He wants to go into spring training with those questions already answered. Um, and so this is the time to answer some of those questions, whether he or and Colas both, for that matter, can be ready to go, ready to be the guys that they need them to be uh, going into the offseason, not just wait until spring training tells you whether or not that's the case because he doesn't really trust anything that you see in spring training. And certainly there's a an example right there with how good Colas looked during the spring and how poor he's played during the regular season. He had another error in right field tonight on a ball that he was just trying to pick up or couldn't pick up so um yeah it's going to be important but again 
listen, everybody's like, oh, wow, he finally turned the corner. He finally changed his tune from some of the quotes he said the other day. He still, when asked, hey, what are the conversations with the veterans going to be like when you have to tell them to sit down and, and make room for the young guys? His answer was, you know, yeah, he, he acknowledged that that's going to happen, but he said it's not time for that to happen yet. So um, we'll see. We'll see when he thinks that it is time for that to happen. Enjoy your month and a half, Pedro. Jeez, oh, I think he's got longer than that. Hey, Bob Nightingale says he's got no, two more years on that contract, so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, anyways, that's going to wrap it up here. Um, I, I think that was a good talk about the the Reinsdorf stuff, the front office stuff, and uh, what little we could fit about the game in there. Um, but we, we fit something in there. That was a nice catch by Luis Robert Jr. This is a great catch. All right. There we go. We talked about the game. 47 fastballs. I didn't realize that. <laughs> He threw 47 straight fastballs. That's actually a thing. Uh, pitching Ninja cut it up. He threw 40. Luis Castillo threw 47 Absolutely straight fastballs. Absolutely uh, why, why scout when you could just throw it past them? Um, and then even play Julio Rodriguez. It's like, oh, we got this, Julio. No, Cal, <laughs> sit, your, sit your ass on the bench and chill out. Cal Raleigh's just going to try to hit five home runs. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. That is Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ector Ball 20. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you very much to everyone in the chat for hanging out with us. Uh, we got 50 likes, which is awesome. And uh, 68? We are now 67 subscribers 67. away from our prank time is 35,000. Wow. 67 subscribers away from 35,000. It's been a big month with CHGO Bears and uh, uh, I was going to say spring training. Cubs did something too. What is, yeah. what is it called? Uh, training camp. Training. No, but preseason. No, it's training camp. But it's they're in preseason. Okay. Right? Yeah. Right. But they call it training camp when they go to when the, the equivalent of training uh, spring training. Been a good month for the Bears. <laughs> uh, thank you for hanging out with us at CHGO. And uh, make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss out on anything. We'll be with you tomorrow for more CHGO White Sox talk. And fun. So join us then. We'll see you then. Bye. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.